Just a heads up for everyone before we get going here. Uh, this will be a spoiler-filled review and discussion of Avengers Endgame. If you have not watched Avengers Endgame, please go do so before listening to this or continue at your own risk. Now on with the show. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. I am Iron Man. There are men laying down their lives. I got no right to do any less than them. When you can do the things that I can, but you don't, and then the bad things happen, they happen because of you. See if they could become something more. If we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. The price of freedom is high. It always has been. And it's a price I'm willing to pay. And if I'm the only one, then so be it. But I'm willing to bet I'm not. Doesn't matter what you did, what you were. If you step out that door, you are an Avenger. To fight the battles that we never could. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. How is humanity saved if it's not allowed to evolve? An empire toppled by its enemies can rise again, but one which crumbles from within, that's dead forever. I know what it's like to lose. Feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail, nonetheless. We're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but that up there, that's... That's the end game. How are you guys planning on beating that? Together. We'll lose. And we'll do that together, too. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Now it's here. We're in the end game now. Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast bringing nerd culture to a normal world. I am your master of the geekly arts, uh, Daniel Dunstan, and with me I have assembled the original four Avengers of Nerds for Normal People. We have David Hood. Hi, I'm David, and I'll be representing Ronan, the accuser that only judges gangsters. <laughs> Merging two different Ronins in the comics universe. Nicely done, David. Thank you. We also we also have Chris Tomlin. Uh, my name is Chris, and I'll be representing Smart Hulk with glasses. All right, all right. Very good, very good. Uh, by the I, way, by the way, where did he get those giant glasses? Am I thinking about that to, for me? They the, have to be custom order. They the, have the to giant be custom custo- order. The giant glasses store <laughs> and then we also have noah wait noah where's noah, noah. Uh, is he is he uh, still at kroger okay uh, here i am i'm back i was actually in the quantum realm the whole time <laughs> oh and now I've, I've come back to you although the hour is late i've come back to save the day for good this time it's me mr boy <laughs> Mr. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the my bit. Up- See, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> You're the grown-up version of Atreus from God of War. Exactly. 
All right. Tonight we are talking nothing but Avengers Endgame. And I say tonight, but again, you're probably listening to this whenever. We're talking nothing but Avengers Endgame. It's the biggest movie in the world right now, and probably will be for the next several weekends. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. And this will be full spoilers. We've already hinted at it with a few things. But this will be full spoilers. If you haven't seen Endgame, go watch it. But you probably have. It would be really irresponsible if you just clicked on this podcast. It's clearly going to be dedicated completely to Avengers Endgame if you haven't watched the movie yet. You know what I think's irresponsible? I think it's irresponsible for you assuming that people are listening to this during the day. Because I like to think that we have some fans that like to listen to it as they go to night times. I said I personally can't fall asleep without Double D in my ear. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I just want to take a second to appreciate them, and let's go ahead and send them off to bed early. So, uh, for all those of you listening to go to bed too, just everybody, shh, shh, shh. good night. <laughs> I'll say this: nothing gets me in the mood better than nerds for normal people. <laughs> I've, I've, I've tuck, I'm, I'm tucking them in right now with the silky smooth tones of my voice. Ooh. Sleep well, sleep well, sweet angel. Okay. Finally, we're we're gonna get into that sweet ASMR money. Let's, let's give him five five seconds of silence. Okay. Good night. Good night. Five you. seconds. Five seconds of silence is just podcast gold. Okay. Shh. shh. Yeah. Shh. Wake up. Okay, they're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the kids are asleep. We can now begin the podcast. <laughs> let's get drunk. We can start. With the beginning of the movie, I guess. I think it began, like they said beforehand, most of the trailer shots came from the first 15 to 20 minutes. And for the most part, they're right. There's a few random shots that come from later, but almost all the dialogue and almost everything else comes from early on. And they basically begin with Captain Marvel saving Tony and Nebula on that ship. And then they immediately go pursue Thanos, and you start to wonder, like, oh, is the three-hour runtime just credits? Because they go and kill Thanos immediately. You know, I with it being like a three-hour movie and stuff, whenever they're like stuck in space, I, they really have me thinking, like, wow, they're they're stuck in space, and there's really probably no way out of them. Something <laughs> amazing is going to have to happen, and then like really quickly it did, and I was like, oh. I thought they might let that breathe a little bit, but now they're good now. So they're just kind of hoodwinked. I thought I thought when Tony said he only had a few hours of oxygen left, that that was just going to be the entire running time of the movie. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> just the sitting there movie. breathing. <laughs> the whole movie is just him going... I mean, we, we all knew Iron Man was going to die at the end, but I didn't think it was just going to be three hours of him running out of air. It's yeah. three hours of asphyxiation. <laughs> I, I could personally could have watched an entire movie of Tony teaching Nebula paper football. <laughs> See, like, here, here's how it should have gone. One minute, exactly one minute in, Tony Stark should have gone. Oh, I only have three hours of oxygen left, and that would set up the exact wrong time of the movie. But then at three hours, the twist ending, the like super twist ending, would just be that he looks down and he's like, "Oh, wait, I forgot to carry the one. I actually have three hours and six minutes of oxygen left." And then we would look six more minutes of that, and then it ends. 
<laughs> no, and then the six minutes of credits goes on over top of him slowly asphyxiating. <laughs> and he just kind of lays down. It goes, goes to sleep. Just like that one viewer earlier did. They're still asleep. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they get them back and then they find Thanos and their plan is simple. Find Thanos, get the Infinity Stones back, undo what he did, and then kill him. And they, for the most part, all that happens, except he has already destroyed the Infinity Stones. Because they get this, they can track this big power surge that, oh, he used the Infinity Stones again. But he used them to destroy them so no one could undo what he has done. Further showing that Thanos is one of their better villains. It's interesting, though, that he chose to be like, I'm going to undo what I... I'm like, I'm going to destroy the Infinity Stones so no one can undo what I did. And I'm going to continue to live like a bum in the, on, the, on a farm hey, you know, are, with, are a you dirty, going- with a dirty shirt... And like, I mean, like, it was like, it seemed like a weird way for a guy who just like exacted his master plan in the universe to end up for himself. Like, you'd think you would at least like take taking that gauntlet and build himself a nice house before he did that. You know? Well, but he doesn't. He only cared about the work. He only cared about about having his dream of half the universe being destroyed uh, happen. But- he well, didn't like if he had even been destroyed as part of half, he probably wouldn't have cared. Wouldn't it be great if he and his wife were having a conversation and she's like, What about my dreams? And then it's like, Yeah, but what about my dreams? We all give up our dreams. Look uh, at my dream about killing fifty percent of the universe, you know? I mean, we all put aside what we love for our wives and husbands. He, he, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. He would have cared if he was one that get destroyed. Because if he was one to get destroyed, and the people that he were fighting right there would just pick it up and undo what he did. That's a good point. So yeah, he, he kept himself out of it so he could go back and destroy the stones. True. I just realized yeah. that my, just from what you explained about his plan to destroy the Infinity Stones so that no one could undo what he did, I just realized that my cat is the same evil as Thanos is. Because <laughs> the other day, it was like getting in the blinds and I couldn't get it out of the blinds and I kept fighting it to get it out of the blinds and then it broke the blinds and now I can't undo what it did because you can't fix blinds because they just snap in half like they're plastic and now I can't undo the infinity uh, stone (laughs) blinds in my house well the uh, most difficult decisions require the strongest wills Noah yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna chop my cat's head. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Aim for the head. <laughs> well, Thor Thor gets it right, and he cuts his head straight uh, off. Technically, he does, but he didn't aim for the head. He aimed for the neck. It accomplished the same goal. <laughs> you know, that's an important point. Where does the head end? Like, is the head and neck a thing together, <laughs> or is it just head and then neck? <laughs> to me, the head ends at the bottom of the chin. I'm gonna divert. That's, into, hell, that's a hell of a chin. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna start a spinoff podcast where we talk about where the head ends. <laughs> where the head ends with Noah Day. Yeah. yeah. Special guest. Special guest tonight, Tony Delk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the Avengers, like, they kill Thanos, but they're still in a hopeless situation. Half the universe is gone. Cut to five years later. Damn. And a lot of people are very sad, as shown by Captain America leading just a support group meeting. I will say, one of the most bizarre things, and it might have been a nervous thing, but, like, the, uh... My, the theater I went to go see it in, when they got there and it was like five years later and it cuts to the support group and it's, you know, that has the poster of like, what do we do now that they're gone? And the guy's like, I, uh, I, I finally, I, I worked up the courage and I, I went to, I went on my first date in five years. Like half the theater I was in laughed. And all I could think is, this isn't really a funny scene. No. Like, these are people who have lost everything and are trying to figure out what they have left in the world. And you're like, huh, he's had a dry spell. <laughs> my only thought that whole time was, oh my God, like, I wonder if everybody else left in the, in the town knows that Captain America is holding a group you could just go sit down and hang out with them at because there's only four people in this room. I mean, like, who's not going to Captain America's get over it group, you know? I will say a fun thing is one of the people in the group is Jim Starlin, who created Thanos. He's uh, the comic book, I think, writer and artist who created Thanos and a lot of the cosmic marvels. Well, well thanks it, a lot, because yeah. he just destroyed half the universe, asshole. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> I'm about, I'm about to say, he, he's probably just sitting there like, yeah, I did this to you guys. <laughs> I would love it. He's just like, Thanos was my son. I'm sorry, he acted up when he was younger. <laughs> I mean, I, my, my big question about the five years later is that it didn't look like anything productive was going on. And I know that everybody's sad, but like... I would think that there still probably would be cars driving around. <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't think all the cars, you know, like, it just seemed like way more of a ghost town than I think it would be five years the, later. Yeah, like, there's I, probably more important things going on than having to move cars around. Like, <laughs> think about, like, half, half the truck drivers and train drivers got taken off the map, so there's no transportation for goods and stuff. So there's probably a lot more important things going on than just moving cars. I mean, there yeah. look there definitely seem to be, as Thanos desired, a lot more uh, automotive resources available because there's <laughs> just a bunch of cars sitting around. Yeah, I, I will say, like, it does look like, and you kind of get the feeling even from like Black Widow talking with, um, like Captain Marvel and the Guardian, and or well, what's left of the Guardians, Rocket and Gamora. A rocket and Nebula. Sorry. <laughs> Gamora dead. That it's like the entire universe is similar to what you see of Earth in that just there's... For five years, everything has kind of stalled. Which is the exact opposite of what Thanos wanted. Are you suggesting his idea wasn't great? <laughs> you know, genocide tends to not be. <laughs> well, I mean, if you take out half the farmers, you take out half the resources to live on. <laughs> True. You know what he should have just done? Gone back to a time where no one knew how sad they would be because no one had anything to be to feel lost about. Yeah, like, just go back to cave people times, and then whenever he did the snap, it wouldn't be it wouldn't hurt his arm so bad because it would just kill like a few thousand people instead of a few trillion people because they all have a cave. I'm I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it'll probably still kill trillions. 
Well, I don't know. There, there weren't as many people in cave people times. And this is assuming that every single planet in the universe went through cave people times at the same time. <laughs> and or dinosaurs still... are running around, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd have to kill half of all the dinosaurs. Also, bugs. <laughs> I hear there was a lot of bugs. A lot of bugs. Ew, bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, kill, um, tell you what, just kill all the bugs. <laughs> But yeah, I will say, like, everything seems pretty hopeless five years later, and, like, the Avengers are just basically, like, a handful of people, and, like, Black Widow and Cap running the whole thing, and mostly Black Widow, and they're just like, yeah, it's it's sad. How long do you think they'd have to wait to be able to make jokes about it? Uh, uh, what was the South Park thing? 20, 21 and a half years? Yeah. Okay. 21 and a half Cause years. Because there's gotta be some, go- some funny goofs you could do with, like, you know, half the universe just disappearing. I think, for you- I think for 9-11 it was a year, right? Before Gilbert Gottfried made that roast joke. That's, that's considered to be the first 9-11 joke. Here's the thing. You have tragedy plus time. But I think the time should be dependent on the level of tragedy. <laughs> so I would imagine maybe something like that would take longer than a year. You think there was anybody in the world who was like, Oh my god, life just got more awesome for me. Dude, my neighbor had this freaking sweet Porsche yeah. and he just disappeared. Yeah. He is now my Porsche. I'm moving out of my house and I'm going to live in this Porsche. <laughs> There was, there was some guy who was car shopping when it all happened, and then everyone at the dealership disappeared except him. And so he's like, I guess this is just mine now. <laughs> better, better yet, the guy disappeared while he was test riding it with him. Yeah. <laughs> Literally gonna change... Like, if that was me, I'm, I'm like taking four of their like sports cars, I'm gonna chain them together and drive them all at the same time, and I'm gonna stand in the middle and surf on them. Chained together, no, driving down the road. Noah would take this to full Mad Max territory. <laughs> I feel like I could have a pretty good time. <laughs> and, and I'm going to join your group just because I don't want to be killed. Yes. <laughs> Do we know, speaking of this scene, because this is, you're, you're talking about the, well, what happens next is yes. that obviously Scott Lang comes back. And he yes. starts kind of exploring this world. He finds his daughter. Do we know yes. if if Bobby Cannavale or uh, Judy Greer, either of them, survived the snap? Um, I don't think we find that out because we never see her mom there. I would assume How did one she of raise them, herself though. Yeah, I would yeah, assume I, one of them would have had to for it to be raised to raise her. Yeah, because I would imagine she wouldn't still be living in that house if she had just been like a little girl. I'm so pretty sure maybe, she'd be dead. Maybe, maybe that, Judy maybe Greer giant, was still alive. Maybe that giant drumming ant raised her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't check in with that. <laughs> it's just, I love, I love the idea of a parent-teacher conference and the ant comes in. Maybe she answers the door like, you but, bastard, you left me in this house with that insane ant for five years. No, but at the parent-teacher conference, the only way that ant communicates is through drumming. <laughs> he's worked out he's yeah. worked out Morse code I like the idea that the ant goes to the parent teacher conference and he's talking to the kids teacher and is like I'm a little concerned about my daughter's development I can pick up 50 times my own body weight but it seems like she can only pick up about 
half of her body weight. And I don't think she's developing fast enough. Also, she does not like to carry giant leaves. <laughs> or other ant things that I do because I'm an ant. She see, she seems to not want to just build a home underground in a giant mound. <laughs> I will say this, because we've, we've danced around. Yeah, Scott Lang comes back in the first of several plot conveniences. Uh, namely, a rat just appears and... Uh, MVP! Yeah, that rat is yeah, the MVP. It really is. It it happens to hit the right buttons to trigger the return sequence to bring Scott back. So he he is set free from the quantum realm by That's sheer such a, happenstance. That is such a flimsy way to get the plot of this movie in motion. It really is, <laughs> and they play it for laughs. But it's it's like it's one of my only real problems with the movie because I I love it. I like love the movie. But that's one of my only real problems, is you're just like, really? You had no other chance? Okay, but like, but it took it five years. Like, come on, it's not that impressive, is it? Living in that <laughs> van for five years, it took five years to hit that sequence of buttons. Like, what else was it doing? I mean, come on. You, you're telling me Ken Jong didn't just play with that yeah. board at any point. By the way, if you wanted more community cameos oh, in your movies, this has you covered. Yeah, thank God Ken Jong made it into this movie. Him and his mustache. Well, you know, of all the people <laughs> from community to add to this movie, Yvette Nicole Brown and Ken Jong. Not Danny Pudi, <laughs> Donald Glover, Danny or Joe McHale. Danny Pudi's already been in one. Yeah, he was in what? Winter Soldier. He was in Winter Soldier. Oh, who was he in that? Uh, he was like a, a he was a random person in the community thing, like the communication thing, because like it's when they go up to take control for when Cap gives his message. Uh, he's the guy who answers the door when Maria Hill just has like a gun in his face. Is Joe McHale been in? Joe McHale hasn't, neither has Donald Glover. I imagine Donald Glover because he's kind of mm. gotten huge. No, Donald, Donald Glover has. Gonna, he was Donald, in Spider-Man. Yeah. He was in Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I was thinking, I was so, like, wait, what? So we're missing Allison Brie, Gillian Jacobs, Joe McHale, Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, Joe McHale was in Spider-Man 2 back there during the... Uh, Sam Raimi days. Oh, he was the bank manager, right? He was the bank manager. I think you should also throw Jim Rash in there at some point. I was honestly, when, like, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown showed up, I was like, are they just gonna, like, constantly be running into community people? Because I would (laughs) love that. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Ant-Man escapes. He goes and finds his daughter is still alive. She's now a teenager. Uh, conveniently, right about the right age range for a Young Avengers movie, if that ever happens. How lucky was he, man? Like, I, I swear, he had to have skipped, like, the shittiest ages that a kid can be, like, in one <laughs> fell swoop. But now, well, he, but he's getting back right during teenage years, and she has, like, you left me for five years, Dad! Nah, he, she and didn't he's... seem salty about it. He got away scot-free! Like, well, he got you, free. <laughs> he basically sent her to free boarding school because he was just like out of it for that time period where like, you know, like probably somewhere between eight and thirteen. Well, but I think you get I think you get a moment when you first reappear where everything's happy. 
we didn't see the scene afterwards where she was throwing stuff at him, presumably. And then he, and especially when he was like, look, I love you, but I now have to drive back over to New York so I can tell the Avengers what I've been thinking about. I assume when she was throwing stuff at him that she was making the stuff go big and go small as she was throwing it. <laughs> was anybody else surprised by the fact that a lot of ancillary characters were covered uh, looking at you, Aunt May, uh, but but the XCON uh, security team got no love in the finale? Not Not one bit. I love those guys, and I felt I like they—I felt like they earned at least a moment. It would have been, I think, a little less bad if like one of them was still alive, and they were the ones who triggered the sequence to bring Ant Man back. I didn't need my only Michael Pena sighting of the night to be uh, him as Jafar in the Aladdin trailer. Is he Jafar? I thought that was someone else. I think it might be him. It looks like him. I, I assumed it was him, but no, I'm, I think I'm it's. I think it's someone else, but while while I'm looking up important details here that are <laughs> totally related to Endgame, uh, I will say because like it's not, it's not. <laughs> I'm already at the IMDb page. Yeah, Chris. It, lo- it looks a lot <laughs> like him. Whoever that dude is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it let's is be fair, Michael, Michael Pena. Michael Pena has carved out a career for himself where he can play good guy or bad guy. Let's be honest. He has. He has indeed. I'm not saying I'd be against him as Jafar. I'm just saying that was not him. <laughs> well, but it, if he's going to be Jafar, he better play it as he does an Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's, um, he's, he's telling uh, his evil plan. He goes, all right, it starts out like this. And he goes back to when like he was a very young guy starting to work for the Sultan. And then... We'll move on here, <laughs> so we don't have this be a forever long episode. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, at this rate, it's going to be an episode about the first 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest, go watch it again. <laughs> but basically, Ant-Man is arguably the most important person in the movie, because he jump-starts the rest of the plot. So, it's been five years, except for Scott Lang in the Quantum Realm, where it's been five hours for him. And so he hypothesizes, maybe there is a way to enter the Quantum Realm at one point in time and leave it at an earlier point in time. A time machine, basically. He takes that to the Avengers because he wants to have them basically be like, well, we'll do this, and then we'll go back in time to steal the Infinity Stones before Thanos gets them. And to do that, they need to get some bigger brains than what they have. Uh, Captain America is great, he is not a science whiz. So they go to Tony, who is not interested, because basically Pepper's alive, he has his daughter... And he doesn't want to risk losing his family. See, he's got a pretty freaking sweet setup. He's got a nice house in the woods and stuff, and he's got a freaking sweet car. Like, I feel like some people are kind of thriving. And he also kind of has this thing called a child. Yeah, a kid too. <laughs> By the way, did anybody else read I Don't Want to Help You as If I Help You, My Child <laughs> Doesn't Exist? I think he was afraid of that, yeah. yeah. That was what I, my thought was, and then it never went that way, and I thought, oh, maybe I'm a dummy, but that's what I thought was going on. Well, well it's, I mean, that's I why, mean, like, when he came in to help, he was very specific about, 
Like, what we're doing is we're doing this. We're bringing back everyone who got snapped five years ago, but we're bringing them back right here. Like, we're not going back and undoing this past five years because we're not losing all this. Right. So I I think it's it was one of those things of when he signed on to help it was we are going to be very cautious in what we do. When Tony says no though, they go to get the next biggest brain. Smart Hulk. Smart Hulk. Smart and by Hulk. the way, it's awesome. Taking selfies with kids. Oh, like smart. he's so enjoyable in this movie. Smart Hulk is living his best life. He had some of the funniest <laughs> moments in this movie. It's because he's the Hulk with Mark Ruffalo's personality. That's exactly yeah. why. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I love that, like, <laughs> I also love that Ant-Man is kind of like the fuck up of the Marvel <laughs> Universe stuff. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> he's so great whenever they're in the cafe and they're just like, uh, the kids are taking a picture with Hulk and he's like, I'm the Ant-Man and they don't want... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, want, I don't want to take a picture with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh jeez, Paul Rudd has I mean, he has some heavy lifting in this finale. Like I mean, for all he, he didn't for all he didn't do, he and Ren are both like definitely getting made. Like they definitely made it up to those guys. Oh yeah, it, it's because I think so many people complain that Hawkeye and Ant Man didn't do anything in Infinity War, but they carry a lot of Endgame. Yeah, Hawkeye's been getting the short of the stick this entire series. Now he just finally just kicks ass. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, he so kicked ass pretty hard in Avengers 1. And even 2. He was the only one who didn't get brainwashed by Scarlet Witch in Avengers 2. This is true. And he, he kicked ass in Civil War. Yeah. Hey, the thing you said earlier, fuck you. Hey, he's been the guy that gets shits on the most of the <laughs> I'm just, he, I'm just he does, because his, <laughs> his power is a bow and arrow. <laughs> Like hey, he's really I good with that it. bow and arrow. He didn't like, even use fantastic. that bow and arrow to kill that Yakuza guy in the streets of Japan. No, he switched to awesome swords. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> that sword fight was awesome. Long story short, they figure out they're going to go through with the time heist. They're going to steal the Infinity Stones from the past before Thanos got them, bring them to the present, undo everything, and then put them right back where they took them from. So no one will ever miss them. If if you, like, I'm sure tens of other people, thought that Ant-Man was the best of the best of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then you are going to be in <laughs> for a hell of a treat whenever every single character becomes Ant-Man. For the time <laughs> I know. I, I would wager to say that of all the Avengers movies, the one you needed to know the most for the finale was Ant Man. And you I need just, to know what yeah. pin particles were. You need to know what that suit does. You need to know how, how that fan <laughs> works. You need to know everything. I just like you it because there's got to be one person out there who's like, dude, I like all the other movies, but like Ant Man is the best that- Marvel <laughs> stuff ever. And it's like, you know what? Just for you guy. They're all Ant-Man. They have to turn into yeah. Ant-Man to travel in time. So they're all and, Ant-Man. And I love the fact that, like, Scott Lang, for the most part, is comedic relief. Especially early on, before we get to the real comedic relief who comes in when they're recruiting their team. Because you get, like, the first test run of time travel before Tony 
because Tony figures it out because he sees a picture of Peter and he can't he can't live a happy life knowing that Peter has a chance to come back because he he basically lost his first child already and he's just trying to protect his second but he can't can't just avoid that fact which is a nice sentiment can i say this might be a good time for me to mention something and we can get back to this towards the end but i really feel like the people who disappeared during the snap got like i was disappointed that they didn't get enough time i didn't feel like black panther got enough time i feel like spider-man got enough time yeah, because they basically only show up for the final battle. I like that, uh, too. I, I was very disappointed yeah. on how much airtime Captain Marvel got. I was so excited to see her in Endgame, and I was very disappointed. Yeah, it's very clear they only kind of had space for her. I mean, Groot, Groot got no moment in the movie. But I will also say this, Chris. Most of those people have their own movies coming up. Okay. <laughs> Like, Spider-Man will get his moment here in a few months when he has an entire movie that's all his own. He had his moment in this movie. He, he, did. Me, he, he did. did. He made me cry, damn it. He yeah. did. That's when two straight movies yeah. he's been in where he's made me cry. He's an asshole. We can't get to that yet, though, Dave. We get, we'll that's we'll, we'll yeah. get to the final battle when we get to the final battle, because it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, Tony figures it out. But before that, you get, like, Hulk trying to figure it out and they keep sending like uh ant-man back in time and he keeps coming back like he's a toddler and then he's like an old man and then he's a baby and then he's finally back and he's just like someone peed my pants i'm not sure if it was toddler baby or old me or just me (laughs) (laughs) then tony shows up to help they figure it out and time heist time but first they gotta recruit their team a uh, rocket comes in, as does Nebula, to help out. Rhodey comes in. We don't. We don't get Captain Marvel for this. War Machine got a lot of time in this movie. War Machine got a lot of time. Like I kind of felt like Don Cheadle's like, "Hey, I'm one of you guys." Like the whole time, like I'm a major <laughs> dude. I'm like, "No, you're not, Don Cheadle." Like hey, you're Avengers. not one of the major dudes in this movie. <laughs> what's up, fellow Avengers? Well, saying, <laughs> yeah. Hey, original, hey, original guys, what's going on? What are we gonna do now, huh? You remember all those fun adventures we had? <laughs> you want me to lead? You want me to walk in front? I'll do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the big guy. Everybody loves well, me. I, I guess they're trying to like maybe make up for the fact they only ever took one picture of Don Cheadle's face for all the posters <laughs> and just kept putting it in in the same poster. If you haven't noticed that, there's tons of posts online. It's hilarious. <laughs> but when they're recruiting their team, they go and pick up Hawkeye. They send Black Widow. He's filled with remorse and killing gangsters across the world uh, for having the audacity to still be evil while people died uh, also to be al- fair by the way uh with the our show that we work on to be fair to the people making those posters i only have one picture of matt and i've been using that's it a for fair three point. years <laughs> that's a fair point we only have the one i completely understand yeah so go on uh, but... super team build <laughs> And then we get to, they go to recruit Thor, which Valkyrie is also there, and there never seems to be a discussion of bringing Valkyrie in. Yeah, Even forget. though I would argue she Oh, she lives be. in that town, right? Forget Valkyrie, yeah, man. They, we want Chonky Thor. They talk to her before heading up to Thor, and you just want to be like, grab her too. Can I tell you? She's pretty good in a fight. Can I tell you something? I don't even remember them running into her in that town. 
She they told him right something there. about. Yeah, she's she told him something about. They were like, oh, she said, oh, she she said we don't see him much, and then they cut to the yeah. beer barrels, right? It, it's great yeah. that they went up to her and was like, "Hey, we're looking for a superhero badass to help us fight this <laughs> other super villain badass guy." Uh, can you point us where Thor is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she shows up. I mean, we'll get there, but she shows up at the end to fight. And I was just like, but she could have gone along with you the whole time. Yeah. Why didn't she <laughs> take she, her along? It's not like you don't know her. She was running Asgard for Thor. She, she had a. She was actually the, basically the queen for them. They could have maybe managed for you know, a day they or might, two. Actually, Chris, they might not know her. They might not have known her. Is that true? Hulk know. knows her. Oh, Hulk knows her, yeah. Hulk knows her really well. And it was just Hulk and uh, who was with him? Um, Rocket. Rocket, yeah. Maybe she doesn't like... I, don't, and I, I hate to say Maybe that. they don't maybe like she, her. Maybe, maybe they don't she, like her. Maybe yeah. she doesn't get along with everybody. Maybe <laughs> course, she's a problem with the team. Maybe she she's got a bad good. energy. <laughs> They've got to go fight Thanos and they need to be focused on the work. Yeah. And she's probably putting out some... Who knows? I don't know. I'm just saying. I hate to say who knows? They go up to find Thor because they're gonna. If they're gonna do this, they need Thor. And what do they find, Noah? Chonky Thor. Chonky Thor. Thor is upset that he failed to kill Thanos before Thanos destroyed half the universe, and he is lost. And he is fat. Is he upset? I think he was living his truth. I felt really good about his situation. <laughs> he living his best life. Yeah, I I think he was upset and depressed because like when they do when he does the time heist and he's back in old Asgard and he brings the hammer to him because the whole point is like he wanted to prove he was still worthy of it, but like also he wants to swing seen... it around I mean, come on. Well, yeah, of course. I have this. But... I have this theory, by the way, that the Russo brothers did not realize how cool Hemsworth was. Until after they'd made two Thor movies. Because what they've done with him... Well, the Russos didn't uh, make the two Thor movies. uh, Well, well, who made those movies? It was... um, Uh, Kenneth Branagh did one. Someone else did the other. And then Taika Waititi did the third Thor. I knew Taika Waititi did the third. But, I I mean, what they they have done with that character is... Like, it's amazing. Like, it can't be under... It can't be overstated enough. Like... They took the least interesting person in the Marvel Universe, arguably, and turned him into the most fun member of the Marvel Universe, arguably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's super great. He's great. And the the way they set up him going with the Guardians. Spoilers. Mm Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I mean, like, I just, I can't get over it. I can't get over it because I'm a person who hated the first two Thor movies. For sure. As As is documented on this very podcast, I hated them. No use for them. Yeah, and now sure. Thor is like what of probably one of my top two. It's probably Tony and then Thor. Yeah, Thor one and yep. two suck butt so hard. Oh yeah, and it's just, and it's like Thor's just there playing Fortnite <laughs> and drinking beer with Korg and Meek, which was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it was wonderful. Like the that's the perfect use of those two characters where they're just there real quick for a few good laughs <laughs> and like they're trying they're trying to convince thor to join them and they're just like finally rock is just like we got beer in the ship and he's like all right yeah. hey, man, <laughs> hey man let's get these kids back at one point tony refers to him as lebowski and yeah. i thought that was i thought that was great and my nine-year-old was like 
is, what is that a joke? And I'm like, it's I can't explain it right now. Like I was like, it's, he has no frame of reference. But I was like, trust me, that's a great joke. You'll understand it. He's some referring point. to him as a villain who <laughs> somehow looks identical to the person who tried to kill him in the first Iron Man movie. No, no, Lebowski. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Obadiah, Obadiah Stane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I forgot that. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think if there's a recruitment scene for anyone else. I think it's just those two, because everyone else is pretty much on board. <laughs> they go on their time heist, and the whole premise is they're splitting up into three teams, which does eventually split up into four teams, and they're going back to moments in their own past where they knew Infinity Stones were. To get them, which leads to some really fun moments and also one incredibly sad one. Can I just say that I, in my own human life, have had the same experience as Thor when he goes back to Asgard in that I'm fat now, I used to be thinner, and now I don't want to see people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I hide, so I hide when they walk by. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I will say I love the idea that like Rocket's like just go in there and charm her and like she's gonna notice Thor put on like fifty pounds in the like in her mind last minute or two since she's seen him. Yeah, he's still got that sweet ass hair. <laughs> it's even longer. Yeah, now. She won't even. She can't even see anything. It's just she's totally just mesmerized by that sweet ass, br- that <laughs> sweet ass mane, dude. You know, don't worry about it. You, can, you got that. So the teams are what Rocket and Thor. Uh, then you get Iron Man, Ant Man, Captain America, and Hulk all go back to the Battle of New York because there are three stones there. And then you get Black Widow, Nebula. War Machine and uh, Hawkeye all going to space. Space. Uh, War Machine and Nebula go to Morag, which is the planet Peter Quill found the orb on. And then Nebula, or and then uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye go to Vormir, the planet where. Thanos killed Gamora in order to get the Soul Stone. By the way, when uh, Hawkeye and um, Hawkeye and Black Widow get into that plane, and I realized where they're going, I went, "Oh shit!" to my wife because what I realized what what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the real sad one. Is uh, you as the audience know what it takes to get the Soul Stone at Vormir? And so you just go like, oh, this is going to go poorly. And it was very heartbreaking. Yeah, so basically, that's the big sad one, is you had either Hawkeye or Black Widow, one of them was going to have to sacrifice themselves in order to get the Soul Stone. Well, they just kept arguing over who was going to jump to their death and stuff, and they just wouldn't let it go. And I figured, like... Why don't they both just jump? If they're so eager to jump off that cliff, why don't you both just jump off the cliff and be done with it? I don't want to listen to them argue. Well, and then they have one of the most bizarre fights, but also still emotionally effective, of they are fighting to determine who's going to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. What you think that like you think that like either of them was kind of half 
half-heartedly fighting about it. It was just like, I don't no, I wanna, think so. Like, he's running, but he's running a little. Like he's running, like oh, I'm gonna be the one, and he's uh, just kind of slow. Like if if he was half-heartedly doing it, he wouldn't have jumped. Yeah, but like, ah, yeah. oh, come on, man, he go. Yeah, because he does like he does the huge jump, the and then she swings out to catch him. Maybe he was a little slow on the run, just giving her time to. It's just like, yeah, of course I'll die for the universe if I have to, but like, I'll slow down a little bit. Maybe she'll catch me. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. No. <laughs> but yes, so in the end, Black Widow sacrifices herself so that Hawkeye can get the Soul Stone. Meanwhile, Hulk talks with. Uh, the ancient one who currently has the time stone and convinces her to give it to him because Strange seemed to indicate that she needed to. Nebula and War Machine successfully get the power gem, but Nebula gets taken by Thanos' people because like, she and the Nebula in the past share, I guess, the same Wi-Fi network or something. But back up a little bit. Can we talk about how funny it was when we see Peter Quill singing and dancing to himself? Yes. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that it's very phenomenal. funny that the whole getting that stone re- 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 relies upon the scene where he, the opening credits of yeah. Guardians, <laughs> where he's and, dancing around. And you and hear you that entire like, part without the music. It's just him just yeah. dancing and singing. Yeah. What do you it think he thought to- when he just like woke up there? It's like, dude, I just kind of slipped out for a second, and then he just keeps dancing and walking over to that stone. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea that he's just like, huh? Well, that was weird, and then just keeps going. Because I, 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 I did love the thing that they're just like, you see him dancing around, they're playing the music, and then just cuts to what Nebula and War Machine are seeing, and they can't hear the music, and he's just dancing and singing out of tune, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> and that's not even the only funny stuff. Like, the stuff in the Battle of New York, especially with Captain America, because and like and with America's ass. Hey, what about um, what about Hulk Smash? Yeah. Oh yeah, Hulk Smash is oh, that great. Was, you know what? That that was my nine-year-old's favorite moment of the movie. When, oh, when, that was when, so that good. was great. It was great. That and the scene where Tony's daughter heard him say shit. That was his other favorite. Movie. And, <laughs> and she totally extorted him for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he loved that scene where Hulk, where the Hulk was half-ass smashing things, <laughs> yeah. and it was really great. Because they're all wearing their costumes. They're like, yeah, their costumes from that actual fight. So I guess if they get seen, people don't go like, "What the hell." And so, like, Hulk just rips off his shirt, and they're like, you know, you might want to smash a few things along the way just to, like, keep up the charade. He just half-heartedly punches a car. And he, st- like, he still does a lot of damage to that car. Oh, he does. He's still Hulk. This was why the movie was so great, though. That entire sequence in New York mm-hmm. during the first Avengers movie is... I did not expect the movie, and I think I told you guys this today... I expect I expected it to be really super heavy, and yes. instead it was a lot of fun, and I yeah. did not see that coming. Like that whole that whole sequence in New York, from the moment they got there to Cat fighting himself to the scene in the Avengers Tower lobby was all just it was like very it was very Ocean's Elevený. I mean, like it was it was funny, it was snappy, it was quick. Um, mm-hmm. I loved every second of it. I mean, that's why this movie is so great. Oh, absolutely. 
It, it was phenomenal. It has a good balance of you get heavy moments and then you get moments of pure joy. And I think like that makes stuff like Black Widow's death more resonant because like mm-hmm. you were laughing a little bit beforehand because you know they were making fun of how Captain America looked in his uniform from the first Avengers movie, and that's where you get the wonderful thing of Ant Man, who's just a huge Cap fanboy, being like, "I don't care what they say, that's America's ass," and then like Cap has to beat himself up in the past. And as he's walking away, he's like, that is America's ass. Yeah, Captain, Amer- Captain America had a lot more, um, uh, I don't know what the, uh, the beginning he didn't, but as the movie went on, he got a lot more uh, looser with himself. I don't know what, mm-hmm. how do you, like, he got a little more, I don't want to say self-deprecating, but he just got a little more, um, he got a little more fun as the, oh, movie, yeah. as the movie went on, I thought. I, I agree. More or less, they all succeed, except Loki escapes with the Tesseract into probably what will be his Disney Plus show. <laughs> like They're just like, oh, Loki's doing a Disney Plus show, but he's dead currently. Well, what if we made some weird alternate timeline where he just vanishes into like a portal somewhere, and we could just tell the story of where he went for all those various portals? you're like, sure, why not? That's a show now. <laughs> they fail to get the Tesseract, and Tony and Cap have to go back to 1970 to steal both more Pym particles so they can continue to travel back and steal the Tesseract at an even earlier date. And what better date was that than World War II? 1970? I thought they went back to World War II. <laughs> that- <laughs> no, it was nineteen. I think there was a big thing on the screen saying nineteen seventy. I missed that. Yeah, part. There, there, yeah, there was because they they showed uh, Stan Lee doing the hippie thing, yeah. and then they made and, a bunch of jokes about beatniks. So yeah, uh, I, yeah. And, I, I missed that. I missed a part of the nineteen seventy. I just remember being on that base with Howard Stark, and I'm like, oh, I guess we're back in World War Two. And they de-aged uh, Stan Lee for his final cameo. To where he looked like Stanley looked in the seventies, and that I know, I know the audience in the theater I was in cheered, and that was uh, that was a good moment. Yeah, nobody cheered in my eyes. Chris saw it with a perfectly solemn and silent <laughs> crowd. Everyone <laughs> respectfully snapped their fingers in my actually, for it. actually, it was just the opposite. Everybody booed and threw their food at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> screw <laughs> screw that old man <laughs> but you get Tony running into his dad and getting the tesseract and weirdly giving advice to his dad about how to raise himself dude I don't want to I would never want to run into my dad in the 70s I've seen pictures of my dad in the 70s and like he played basketball and his shorts were way too short to be legal <laughs> I like that you imagine that's how he would look all the time. I don't know. Always in those shorts. I've seen two pictures of my dad from the 70s, and one of them he's wearing a pink swirly shirt that was actually pretty cool, and the other one he's wearing shorts that basically is a belt. (laughs) By the way, for all the shitting they did on Back to the Future in this movie, they borrowed a lot from it. They borrowed the whole oh, let's, yeah, let's sneak around a scene where I'm in it, you know, scene, and then yeah. and then the whole let's meet our parents and have a funny, cute moment. Like, I mean, like, that movie was full of Back to the Future ripoffs for a movie that shit up Back to the Future in terms of time travel. 
Well, they mainly shit on it on a scientific perspective of time travel. Yeah, but still, but just taking a huge still. dump in its face. Yeah, I should have done <laughs> exactly. that. But yeah, they they do succeed in their mission despite Yvette Nicole Brown trying to get Captain America arrested. Uh, and Cap sees Peggy Carter, and it reawakens his heart, I guess. By the way, Daniel, but you and I had a conversation about how... You said there's no way she'd be in the movie because no one remembers her, and I said, she's fairly pivotal to the universe. That is not true, Daniel. You said he, she's fairly pivotal, but I agree with you. There's no way they're going to tie a TV show into the... They're not going to tie a well, TV show. Well, she was also in several of the movies. Can we yes, talk about Dan- how, how... Daniel, let's not pretend like you didn't agree with me in the moment that that was probably not how it was going to end, and we were both wrong. <laughs> We were because I, I I figured he would see her as he was dying, which was not really what happened. How does it feel to be so stupid and wrong? Yeah, come on, it, dummy. It, Let's it, stop it, for it, a second and just think about what Daniel said and how awful he <laughs> is for saying it. <laughs> no, I really I really only point that out because I'm a dummy and I thought I was right, and a smart person, Daniel. Thought I was also right, and we were both wrong. The dummy and the smart person. <laughs> I would not call myself a smart person. But can we talk about how Captain America didn't get caught creepily looking at Agent Carter? <laughs> What's up, yes? Yeah, he was there for a while, and it's a window, and I'm surprised she never turned or looked up and was like, "What the hell?" hell I don't. I don't know how she did not catch him in her peripheral, just like. There's someone in my office. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's like the one of the best agents Shield ever had. That's why she was like the first director of it, and she did not notice that. I I can now I can now see how Hydra infiltrated them. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they went. They did all that. They get back. However, Nebula is not the same Nebula who gets back. I felt so bad for Nebula in this movie. Uh, new, new Nebula, not old. New Nebula, Nebula? yeah, yeah. Because yeah, future Nebula is trying to do the right thing and gets basically tortured again by Thanos, and then they make an Infinity Gauntlet. Hulk snaps, undoes everything. However, then Nebula from the past, who came to the present, pretending to be present day Nebula brings Thanos and his whole ship and his whole army through the portal somehow. So he arrives from the past and completely destroys the Avengers' whole place. Which was pretty epic. Yeah. How no one died in that because, you know, (laughs) what what was it, Ant-Man or Hawkeye took, like, point-blank blast from that with a window blocking him. Those are some strong windows, David. I didn't understand the the uh, space dogs running around. Like, when did he just when did he uh, unleash those things? And how did they get to the bottom level where Hawkeye was? I think he teleported them down, and they just were climbing through the wreckage. Okay, because like he teleports himself down, and I think he brings down some generic soldiers as well. Because he had those in Infinity War, and they just were like space dogs pursuing people and you get the big battle setting up 
the Avengers versus Thanos, fate of the world. He wants to get the gauntlet back and this time destroy all the universe and rebuild it from scratch. So you get the big three, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America gonna go and fight Thanos for the fate of the world. And this fight is awesome. It is epic. That's the only word to describe it. Epic. Obviously, first and foremost, Cap wields Thor's hammer. (laughs) You would take that, you asshole. Yeah, damn right I would. It made me jump out of my chair, basically. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty pretty reserved and kind of pretty reserved and quiet in the theater for the whole movie. But, like, whenever I saw him holding that hammer and stuff, I felt like I was just getting hit with some G's just, like, just pinned to the back of the chair like oh my god like that was the coolest thing ever like it couldn't have been like that that was the that was the uh mountaintop of the movie for me he has not always been able to do that correct like he wasn't holding back like that was a new thing correct it's the idea is he was always kind of worthy the moment just wasn't right because in uh, there's the scene in Avengers Age of Ultron where they're all pretending to, they're all trying to lift Thor's hammer. Yeah, And if you course. notice, when he goes to grab it, it moves. Is that Ultron a, or is that the original? No, that's Ultron. Okay. It's in the party scene in Ultron because Thor's sort of like, oh, yeah, all of you, all, you can't do it. And then, like when Cap grabs it and you hear it budge, uh, Thor's smile disappears for a second, and then when Cap can't fully lift and like sets it back down, he Cap Thor's just very nervously like, "Yeah, I, I knew that would never happen." <laughs> I thought I, I saw a good theory about it though that said that um, he wasn't worthy until like at that time he was still holding on to the secret about Bucky killing Iron Man's parents, and that uh, once True. he once that kind of got resolved, then he was able to pick it up. Oh, that's once interesting. He, yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. So it's like once he finally sort of sets his past and his his lies behind also him. Also when he finally burned his porn collection. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had all kinds of 1940s nudie mags. He returned a bunch of library books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he got frozen, he had a library book out and it just the he finally paid the late fees on it and now he's worthy. <laughs> But you get a thing of him, and he's, like, throwing his shield and, like, shooting lightning and kicking Thanos' ass. Yeah, He he almost seems like he, like, naturally knew how to use that thing. Yeah, him throwing that shield and hitting it with the hammer was awesome. Was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could say, like, he's always been a very good actual fighter, but, yeah, there were some things where you're like, how does he know how to use this so well? <laughs> I I actually I actually kind of called this one back in Age of Ultron because when he, like, flips off of that motorcycle in Age of Ultron and just throws it at somebody, like, out of this car or whatever he did, uh, uh-huh. I remember saying that, if they keep, if he keeps getting stronger at this rate, he'll be one on one. He'll be going one on one with Thanos by the end of this thing. And sure enough, and he, he was. was. Yeah, because it's it's like Iron Man fights him and gets kind of knocked away. Thor fights him and because ba- basically Thor is nearly about to get stabbed in the chest with his own with Stormbreaker with his own axe, and then you see Mjolnir come in and save him and. You're just like, oh, now it goes to Thor, and then it goes back, and that's when you see Cap has it, and that's awesome, and I cheered. 
you still though Thanos has this army and there's only like at that point three Avengers like up and moving because the rest are still stuck in the wreckage yeah they kind of had a cool callback to Secret Wars with Hulk like being under the underground there and yeah. trying to like hold up the mountain and stuff that was pretty cool that was cool. Yeah, and then Thanos starts talking about like how he's gonna enjoy decimating Earth. Yeah, he he basically is like this time it is personal. Then you get a voice coming through in Cap's ear, and it's basically Sam Wilson, and he can only say one thing there, and it's on your left. And all the sling ring portals start opening up. Yep, Doctor Strange is opening portals everywhere. And just everyone who's ever been an Avenger and also has an army and, like, any superhero, they're coming in from everywhere. Well, you Kanda, finally get Asgard, Wakanda, Asgard Titan. Oh, did we see the guy, um, did we see all the, I, I don't remember seeing all the, all the, uh, uh, the ancillary people from Black Panther. Were they in there? They were standing behind him. They were, like, like... Yeah. Okay. Because it's like that portal opens and it's like Shuri, Black Panther, and Okoye. And they behind start going, them... You, yeah, they start going them, the Ebombe the army. Yeah, they do But Ebombe. did you see uh, the guy from Get Out? Was he like... I didn't see Winston him. Winston Duke? Yeah. Oh, no, no, he... Black Panther jail, I'm pretty sure. No, I know who you're talking about. He's in jail, yeah, because he betrayed them. In Black Panther. Like, he wasn't in Endgame. No, no, he's in, an, he's in Infinity War. No, he's not. Well, no, he wasn't in. Infinity. Is he not? That's a different dude. No, wait, no, who, it's wait, a different. It's Mbaku that was standing by his side. Wait, who are we talking about? The same person, the uh, the star of Get Out. Yeah, yeah, he, yes. he wasn't in Infinity War because he betrayed his country. Yeah, he was the guy that trained the rhinos in Black Panther, who sided gotcha. with Killmonger. Yes. And then in Infinity yeah. War, it was Mbaku that was standing next to him. Okay, gotcha. All right, I'll but, follow you guys now. And so Cap looks at this army that has suddenly appeared, and that's also where you get, like, Giant Man bursting through the wreckage with Hulk and War Machine and Rocket, and Hawkeye escapes with the Infinity Gauntlet. After past... Uh, at, or past, uh... A- after past Nebula takes it, but then past Gamora and future Nebula take it back, and then Hawkeye runs off with it. And what There's happens a to lot past, going on. What happens to past Nebula? Past Nebula gets stays shot. in the past Nebula. The <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the end of that movie involved a whole lot of football for for an audience who probably doesn't know a whole lot of football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was all running pass interference yeah. plays basically. Because <laughs> uh, they have to. The, you get the army show up, Cap finally delivers the line we've been waiting for since the first Avengers movie, which is Avengers Assemble. Big fight breaks out, and Hawkeye's like, hey guys, I have the Infinity Gauntlet, and they're just like, well, we have to get that back to the past so that we can return all of these, and the only way they have left is in Ant-Man's van... And that is literally in. It is surrounded on all sides by Thanos's army, because <laughs> Valkyrie spots it while riding her winged Pegasus. Because why not? Because <laughs> it's awesome. Because <laughs> she's straight from a Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. She's <laughs> straight from an Iron Maiden uh, <laughs> album. Cover. Yeah, exactly. 
And so what happens is you get Avengers fighting Thanos and then also them trying to run the football, which was the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> to the goal, which was the van. Uh, of course, so the fate of the universe would come down to an old 93 Astro van. <laughs> <laughs> and they're having to hotwire the van to like get power to this thing. And I love it. I, also, I love there's a lot of small moments in there. Scarlet Witch taking on Thanos. And kicking Thanos' uh, ass. And kicking his ass because she remembers that he killed Vision. And uh, man, she doesn't hold back, and it was awesome. Doctor Strange magicking up water into a big funnel and not doing a damn thing with it. <laughs> well, he was yeah. basically preventing all those people from drowning. Yeah, he was he was preventing people from drowning. And posing dramatically, <laughs> which is his real superpower. Uh, and then Thanos starts a bombardment, and he's attacking the whole ground and everything, and it's just awesome. But And he does that because Scarlet Witch is about to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason everyone survives <laughs> is because all of Doctor Strange's guys are making shields. Yes. Uh, all the sorcerers that Doctor Strange works with show up at one point led by Wong and they're making shields but like uh, Hawkeye starts getting overrun and then Black Panther takes the gauntlet and keeps running and then at one point he loses it and Peter Parker picks it up and starts running uh, and he turns on his suit's kill mode <laughs> to get through and it and just he, leaves a pile of bodies it leaves a pile of bodies <laughs> but you get a point after the bomb bombardment. Peter can't seem to make it through. As long as those lasers are firing, they don't stand a chance. And then all the lasers stop and aim upwards. <laughs> because, as they put it, something just entered the atmosphere. <laughs> something that is very pissed off. And, like, I, I understand because I don't think they used her a whole lot in this movie and they could have easily... They come up with a reason where it's just like, oh, she was out defending the rest of the universe. But I will say I enjoyed when she just showed up in the battle to wreck shit. I still maintain, like I told you today, I think they blew their wad. I think they should have waited. I think they should have teased Captain Marvel enough that you, under, that you got who she, how powerful she was and then done the origin movie after this movie. Or just skip the origin movie. Yeah. Like Spider-Man. You could, you could have potentially moved the uh, Nick Fury pager scene to even this movie, and he's just like, I can't do anything in this fight, but I might know someone who can, and then like her big arrival is her showing up to destroy Thanos' shit. I don't know. I don't think that you would have got what the fuck. I think that would have been a real what the fuck moment if you didn't know yeah, who that true. was. Yeah, and she just I, fucking blasted true. through the sky. I, I, I think people would have been less excited if they didn't see Captain Marvel first. Because they'd have been like, wait, who the fuck is that? I could see that too. Yeah, I, like, I agree with like that. Comic book fans would be like, Captain Marvel! <laughs> yeah, but, but everyone else would be like, who? Mr. I saw, I saw I saw the movie and I was like, Okay, I paid all the I paid fourteen dollars to go see a movie so that I at least just understand who this person is because I didn't. I, Chris, I wasn't. Chris. I wasn't crazy about the movie. Chris, oh really? That is what this whole 
thing has been about. <laughs> what? That's the that's the entire premise of the MCU. Of course, you paid fourteen dollars. Go see what that character was before you bought this <laughs> I know. That's the whole premise. I know. And that's why I said I felt like they rushed it out. I wish they had uh, given us enough Captain Marvel to understand how, he, how she is. Because that would have been a good segue into the next segment of the Marvel Universe. So, there, are, been, there, are some, been, there are some Marvel movies that are basically just really long-form commercials for bigger <laughs> and better Marvel movies. But... But like, look at all the but here's, but here's the thing: is that they could have done the reverse and launched your curiosity about who Captain Marvel is into the next movie. Instead, they rushed a they rushed a shitty, I th- in my opinion, Captain Marvel movie out. That's forgettable. I, and I wouldn't say it was shitty. I don't think it is though. their best. I, I enjoyed I, yeah. that movie. It's forgettable. I, it's I think forgettable. it's forgettable. I think it's got enjoyable moments, but I'm with. Chris, it's pretty forgettable. Like I can't remember anything except that one green alien being afraid of that cat and she flew through <laughs> a ship. But why wouldn't you just use that as to be like to be like, okay, this is our launching pad into the next into phase two? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, like, oh, who's this person? She's like Superman. Man, that's amazing. It's too you late, know? Chris. It's too late. <laughs> Look, they, I, can't do, they could, I can't do anything about it at this point, Chris. If you had Chris, told me about this six months ago, I might be able to do Chris, this. <laughs> Chris, too late. you cannot expect Marvel to make it if they can only have one movie a year make over a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Do you want them to starve, uh-huh. Chris? Do you yeah. want them to starve? <laughs> I will say, Captain Marvel's like the last person who gets the Infinity Football, and she flies towards the van and then has to fight Thanos and he gets the stones back. It's so funny that we're talking about then she flies towards Thanos who holds the fated well, universe in you, his, you forget- his hands and he and she gets to the van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is it is funny to be like to be like the fate of the universe, that ninety something van. You you're forgetting the part like she almost gets a van and Thanos throws a sword at it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because Thanos does like destroy the van. <laughs> like Thanos is like, look, they're gonna just keep going for this unless I just break this shit. <laughs> and so he does. The ca- fight between Captain Marvel and Thanos just shows how smart Thanos is in them fight. Yes, because she seems to like he kind of realizes he's while he's stronger than her, not necessarily enough as he is with most people he fights. I, I would say she was stronger than him. I thought she was. She had the advantage. Uh, at times. I mean, he headbutted her, and she like didn't even flinch. Yeah, I. Think, yeah, that that part was kind of funny. He just. Like, I think it's because of all the hairspray that was in her hair. Because <laughs> she had tons. There's a lot of, of product holding that hair together. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have said she was a stronger one, and he switched up his plan to get all, get her off. Probably. Long story short. Since we're running long, and I know some of us have to wrap this up soon. Don't worry, by the way, if you're like, I was expecting more in-game talk. We have plenty of podcasts in the future, and I'm sure we will always bring this up. Can I ask a question? Can I ask a major question? Yeah. And this is a legitimate question that I have that only you three can answer. All right? Yes. Ooh. Fancy. Uh, I do not understand. I loved it, and I thought it was exciting, but I do not understand how Tony got the Infinity Stones into his glove. 
When uh, did that happen? How did that happen? Uh, I know it was cool, and I know it was a cool finale, but I do not understand how and when it happened. Nano. Well, I'm just gonna go. With, I'm just gonna go with Tony. The glove was a Tony made product, so his Iron Man suit could have morphed into that oh, same product. Yeah, because his Iron Man suit is nanotech, so theoretically it could shift as needed. Once again, Ant Man and the Wasp comes in clutch to explain what's going on because it was all about that uh, sleight of hand magic school online. <laughs> it basically was because well, like my, Tony my... lunges at him, and then like you see him grab his hand and get pushed away, and somehow in that time he grabbed all six of them and was like, "Boom! I'm a master of sleight of well, hand." Well, really? That's exactly the explanation my nine year old gave me. He was like, "Don't you remember when Tony grabbed Thanos's hand?" And I was like, "Kind of," but like when you're in that scene, you don't think about that, and he he clearly remembered it. But like that's a bit of a that's as much of a stretch as the rat am i right yeah no again there's a couple Be, moments of plot because, because that takes out that that involves taking out plucking out every infinity stone and then carefully placing every infinity stone Chris. into your own hand and Chris. it all happened in the span of 10 seconds well if we're Chris. talking about getting rid of the infinity stone Thanos proved that it just comes right out it, it didn't take any effort for him to pull that out to use it so all he had to really do was put his hand at the end, and when he got pushed off, he could have just dragged his hand across the glove and just scraped him right out. And Chris, where, again, where, where was this six months ago? It's, it's far too late. <laughs> Nothing can be done. It's out. Chris, you were supposed to be in the test audience. <laughs> Everyone loved it. It's fine. I'm sorry I, I had places to be that day. I can't do anything about it now. The only thing I can assume there is probably the glove is based, since it's a Tony Stark design, it's probably based on his same nanotechnology, which is how it could expand so much to fit a Hulk, a Hulk hand. Yeah, and so it, that was my other thing, is the Infinity Stones seemed a lot bigger when they were in Thanos' hand yeah. than on Tony's and little then, hand. And then maybe like it's something of like he interfaced with that glove's nanotech and was able to get him off. Quicker. I think what whatever happened. You guys, whatever you guys got to tell yourselves to get to sleep at night. I think whatever. what happened <laughs> is that he pulled off Thanos's glove whenever he Thanos looked away for a second and he pulled off his glove and put his own glove back on Thanos <laughs> and then put Thanos's glove on him and ah, you just did, he was just looking away for just a sec, just long enough to take a glove off and easy peasy, it's done. What's so hard about that? <laughs> but out of everything you could have complained about, <laughs> this was the thing you had to complain about. Well, it just... There I don't was know. a lot it's to complain just, about. Yeah. you got to really try hard yeah. to find something I mean, to it's kind of the It's kind of the crux of the entire movie. I mean, like, I don't see how you're like, this is the thing you have to complain about. Like, this is kind of the end, the number one moment in the movie. That's how they beat Thanos. But, like, I have plenty of complaints about their time travel logic and how it hurts my brain. <laughs> <laughs> But like that—that's a whole different subject. How he got the uh, stones off the glove—they just plucked right off for Thanos. Yeah, but we should have seen a scene of him carefully placing them into his own glove, which he didn't do. He had like I think seven the movie seconds. Been far he had time better. to do that when Thanos was doing those couple snaps trying well, to. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> the movie would be way better if like he literally goes like, "Uh oh, gosh, we've got our hands locked here together." Thanos, what is that over there? And then he carefully <laughs> plucks each one out and puts it in his own, and then everything's better. 
Or else he was like, hey, listen, Captain America, fight him for like 14 minutes. Like, I'm going to run over here for a second and crouch behind this rock. Yeah, it, that movie needed to be 14 minutes longer <laughs> of him slowly ta- trying to he, take out the stuff. Then he drops <laughs> the time stone a couple of times. I will say, and I might be, I might be misremembering this. But I think, like, when he gets them, he's kind of just holding them, and then they just kind of fly into his glove. Yeah, they do. And how does that happen? Like they, because they're slightly sentient and magic. Duh. They're slightly <laughs> oh, sentient and magic okay. bullshit. That's a little bit of a bullshit answer, because I'm not gonna lie. Well, yeah. You know what else is? There are six magic stones that let you do whatever the fuck you want in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. <laughs> like, welcome to comics. Right, look, it's called magic bullshit. I, I ain't gonna be moaning that it was an awesome moment. I'm just saying logistically. It's kind of like, how did Arya Stark get through all those White Walkers at the last <laughs> second to get to the Night King? Because there was a whole um, bunch of them. Like, first I off, mean, Spoilers on a whole different topic. We didn't cover those spoilers. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, asshole. Uh, listen, no, it's, listen it's, everybody who watched this movie has seen Game of Thrones. I ain't worried about that. <laughs> and also, I'll say this. Twitter was, like, for the most part, in my experience with Twitter, it was good about, like, don't spoil the end game. They didn't give a shit about Game of Thrones. They were live-tweeting spoilers for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we were super cool about like, Avengers... You owe us for Game of Thrones. Like, we are not going to be cool about Game of Thrones. But the difference between Game of Thrones and Avengers is there's only X amount of tickets for Endgame. Everyone had the opportunity to watch Game of Thrones when it first came out. That's the big difference. Since all 300 million people in the United States are using the same 14 HBO Now passwords... And and nobody (laughs) works in jobs that occur Actually, I heard it got bumped up to 17. Oh, wow. The bandwidth. We need, we need to probably. Uh, yeah, Daniel, why don't you move to the the crux of the finale? Okay, so Tony snaps, destroys Thanos and his army, but dies in the process because he can't handle the power. He has a badass line because Thanos is basically like, "I am inevitable." And he says, "I am Iron Man." And he snaps. Thanos is defeated. Tony dies in. A heart-wrenching scene with Peter Parker, basically just the reverse of their roles from Infinity War, and then Pepper comes in, basically tells Tony he can rest now, and they're gonna be okay, and then he just fades away. There is a funeral that all the Avengers... Wait, wait, everyone... wait, wait, can we stop for a second? That moment where Iron Man oh, dies, yeah. that's the moment of the movie. Oh, at 100%. A hundred percent. Right, I mean, like, he does the speech at his funeral on the hologram... But the yeah. moment he dies in the battlefield is is what this whole series it, like it, yes yeah I mean like let's not gloss over it and like we're running out of time I mean like it was amazing mm-hmm. it was unbelievable Pepper tells him you've saved everybody everybody's safe now you can rest yeah. like and, I, it was really heartbreaking that he like it seemed like he just couldn't let himself go until he knew that everybody was safe mm-hmm. like that was too that was too and he's been having this fight with thanos for like 10 years yeah ever since the battle of new york he this is what it's all been building to and this is what it's all been happening and to finally have that moment and finally know he's succeeded it's it's a powerful scene and most theaters i think broke down and that's how you do a good story, Game of Thrones. 
Well, you set up one <laughs> character's destiny for years and years and years, and then you follow through with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sorry. His arc, his arc as a hero, is overshadowed by his arc as a human being. Like he started yep. as a self-centered asshole um, who was, you know, just self-serving, and he turned into a guy who can't die until the universe is safe. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty amazing storyline. Oh yeah, it it a hundred percent is. And it, it, oh, it like Peter broke my heart where mm-hmm. he's basically being like, please be okay. Please be okay, Mr. Stark. And you're like, oh. God damn, kid, making is... me cry twice. Yeah his, yeah, his moment where Tony hugged him on the battlefield was great, too. Don't forget. Yes. Yes. When they first see each other on the battlefield and Tony hugs him because Tony has spent five years regretting not being able to save Peter. And, like that's even amidst all that battlefield, you get these small pockets of like emotional meetups and stuff and fun moments, and it's just so good. Like it really is just amazing what they've done and how much you care about these characters. You feel just as sad as everyone at the funeral. Fun fact: there, like, because there's some there's a random teenager at the funeral that a lot of people didn't I know who that was. This. That was the kid from Iron Man 3 who helped him out, uh, all grown up. Is that a, por- a portender that he might be a next Iron Man, as, like Sam might be a next Captain America? Maybe not the next Iron Man, but he'll probably be like tech support, like creating stuff. Harley might be something. I'm not sure he'll be the next Iron Man. That might. I think the next Iron Man is why they were trying to make... Uh, War Machine a lot bigger. I don't think he'll carry his own movie, but I think he'll kind of be that role-ish. Him and Peter. Uh, yeah. I I think I think that kids can if he joins like this movies, he'll be more just like be building tech and stuff for those heroes. Yeah, more of a support like role. A Q, I could like see a that Q role. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like maybe he comes up with something new for Spider Man to use. Or maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe he gets a he goes to Wakanda and just starts messing around with all that stuff and creates a whole new weapon set for everyone. Yep. Or maybe he he's just be. a new Iron Man. Or maybe he's just Iron Man. Uh, we have a new okay. Captain America. Yeah, we do. So uh, after the funeral, they go to return all the stones. Cap takes Mjolnir back as well because Mjolnir came from the past and he has to take that back too. He takes back the stones, but for some reason they can't pull Captain America back. Sam is re- really worried. Hulk is really worried. Winter Soldier doesn't seem worried and basically points Sam to sitting off in the distance away from them is just an old man sitting on a bench looking at the ocean. And Sam goes up to talk to him and this is old Steve Rogers. He went back to to presumably 1970 and spent the rest of his life with Peggy. He finally got and his dance. They finally get their dance. That's the last shot of the movie, and that nearly broke me. Do you guys like? Do you guys like the idea of Falcon becoming Captain America? Yeah, because in the yeah. comics it was really cool. They had a lot of really cool. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, if I'm Fal- if I'm Falcon, my first thought is, oh, thank God, I don't have to punch people with a bunch of giant metal wing arms. Now I can well, have a much. No, more he fluid. still kept the wings in the. He, in the he comics, still keeps he the, wings. the wings. Oh wow! Okay, it's cool. Yeah, in, in the comics, he has wings and the shield. Well, if he's gonna be that the next cool. Captain America, he's got to do something about that beard. 
That lion beard <laughs> is was so off-put. Either grow that shit out as a real beard or shave it off. But one, like, chin strap thing. You find the weirdest things to be pissed about. <laughs> yeah, I love how you're like, my Captain America is either full lumberjack. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag not my cap. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Steve Rogers gives Sam the shield. There's a wonderful line of he's like, how's it feel? And Sam goes like, it's someone else's. And Cap just says, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they clearly set up Sam as the next Captain America. Cap is, I guess, I mean, Peggy's already dead. So I guess he's just living his retirement for however many years he's got left. All alone. <laughs> well, I bet Bucky still comes to hang out. Probably. They share old war stories. And that's that's how it ends. Uh, there's no post-credit scene. Well, uh, they, there's a post-credit sound. There's a post-credit sound of some hammering to echo back to Tony Stark making his first Iron Man suit to echo back to where this all began. And they do a really cool thing in the credits of, for the original six Avengers, they get a full title card with the actor's signatures on there and it, it's it's really well done and it's a good way for the studio to even honor these are the people who took the risk before we were what we were and I, I loved that moment that was a very sweet moment and I this like this has me looking forward to interesting things in the future because like Guardians we didn't mention it, Guardians 3 they're going to be looking for the Gamora from the past, but she's now running around loose in our, in the current universe, and they're taking Thor with them. Good old chonky Thor. If Fat Thor versus Star-Lord is a great matchup. Yes, they're still trying to be like, who's the best? And, like, I'm the captain, but Thor is just big now. And, like, to me, be more badass, he ties his long hair back into basically a series of ponytails. Did Drax only have one line in the movie, and it was in that scene, I think? It was when he said, I think you should fight each other. Like, I think that was it. I think there's another moment where he goes, ah, as he's stabbing someone. Is it because Disney was mad at, mad at? Batista when this movie Maybe, was made. <laughs> but it's also like I think Mantis only gets the one line in that Well, scene. come on. Mantis only needs one line. But a lot of the Guardians don't get much. Peter Quill gets a longer scene because he gets kicked in the nuts. <laughs> but that's pretty funny. But that is funny. Uh, I'm guessing Spider-Man Far From Home is now going to deal with a lot of the repercussions of Endgame. Oh, half the uh, universe and, just reappears after five years. And he's still and so in high it looks school. Like all his, it doesn't, yeah, he's still it, in, it he's doesn't still look in like school. it's going to. Like It looks like it's going to be another another fun time USA movie, which is great. I love it. It, but, it probably will. I'm sure there will be at least a passing reference to the fact Iron Man died. And maybe just all his classmates got snapped. And that's why they all look the same. And they are all back in high school. <laughs> about, but the reaction he has with his best friend, like he, he almost seems like he's been there the entire time, but has not aged five years, and is still in high school. 
<laughs> well, yeah, you, 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 if you, if you disappear for five years, you still have to finish high school before you can well, go no, to no, college. No. But if his friend didn't, his friend should have <laughs> aged five then years. Why is he still in high school? Why is Ned still in? Maybe high school? Maybe they both disappear. How about that? But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is maybe his entire class <laughs> disappeared? And I guess maybe that'll also be like Nick Fury's journey. Will be he has now outlived Tony Stark. So now what does he do? Like he start the new Avengers with Spider Man. He's lost the two people who were the heart of the Avengers. Cap's no longer in fighting shape, and Tony is dead, and he doesn't have Black Widow anymore either. So now what? And you really don't have Thor anymore either. You do have a sort of caretaker for everybody, though, is in Happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could kind of he could kind of keep the band together. I mean, like he might not be the guy who leads them, but he could be the guy who keeps everybody together. Yes, and I, I think also you'll see like some of the other Avengers rising up to kind of take leadership roles. But oh, the scene of Happy telling like asking uh, what was her name Morgan, Morgan. Tony's daughter what she wanted, and she said cheeseburgers. And he's like, your dad liked cheeseburgers. And he's like, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want, referencing the first Iron Man movie. Oh, that was so sweet. Great movie. It really is good. It I'm really is. It I, can we all agree it's a slam dunk? That, oh, that, is very, that was extremely hard to stick, and they did yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, they, like, this is 22 movies in the making. It's 11 years there are TV shows that don't stick the landing like this. I mean, I, I, w- I would say the, the smart money would have been on fucking it up. 100%. And they do it. They balance fan service moments with still deep emotional moments for the characters. And like every bit of that is I'm like, this shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, it was great. David, any final thoughts? Uh, outside of the problems I have with the time travels. I think it was a phenomenal movie. I do too. Uh, so, so much, of, so much of the time travel stuff fucked with my head, and I'm like, no, I just can't think of it about that. Like, I mean, that's that's like any time travel story. If you start breaking but, it down, you're he, like, this doesn't make here's, sense. Here's my big thing: like they proved that they're in the same timeline because Cap lived through it. Yep. But the killing past Nebula does not. Erase present nebula. Yeah, that's a weird one. That that that's the right point right there that confuses me because I can justify saying it. they didn't kill Thanos in this army; they just sent them back in time. I'm pretty sure Tony killed now, Thanos. That, that's if they kill <laughs> Thanos, past Thanos, then then he can't do the Infinity War movie. They, they, they. Who who knows? Maybe they made their own. Well, Cap didn't go back until after they killed Thanos. So maybe they were already in a weird pocket timeline, and he just went back in that pocket timeline. I guess. You want to think about there like are d- there are dumb bullshit reasons for everything. Welcome to Marvel Comics, <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to Phase Two. This is like four. Phase Four. Welcome yeah, to this Phase, is phase four. Four. Yeah, Two. Yeah, Rube. We, we are we are done with the Infinity Saga. It is over. So now we look towards the future. The Mysterio uh, Saga. The Mysterio Saga. 
<laughs> we look towards the future, and Black Widow's now probably definitely a prequel movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless, unless she was never actually dead. She'll... She's dead. I, I think they want this to have some finality to it. That's fair. Uh, which I respect. How funny would it be if the Black Widow movie starts and she just wakes up on Vormir? <laughs> the entire movie takes place in the Soul Stone. She's kind of there and she's like, oh, okay. And she's just chilling there with uh, President Gamora. So. <laughs> so does anyone have any like final thoughts or anything on the movie as we wrap it up? Go watch it five more times. All right, fine, I will. <laughs> I liked it. Good job on a 22 movie saga. I can't wait till 22 movies from now for Avengers Endgame 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Chris, anything you want to add? No, I mean, I I thought this movie was going to be heavy. It was fun. It was light. It was... Uh, mm-hmm. Emotional. It had everything. It was like, it, they mm-hmm. killed it. They, they nailed it. I mean, that's all I gotta say. And I'll, I'll say this is my sort of wrap-up thoughts on this. A lot of people complained about the length of the movie, uh, especially going in, and you had countless articles about when can you pee. Uh, because this is, as we all know, the first three-hour movie ever in existence. It's never happened before, and how could we possibly deal with something like this? But this did something... Hell, when I was watching the most recent Game of Thrones episode, that it did not do as well, which was pacing, and just the narrative flow of it, and how everything worked in sync, and how smooth it all felt. It did not feel like I was watching a three-hour movie. It just was one of one of the best cinematic experiences I've ever had, and major props to Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers and everyone at Marvel for pulling off something incredible that uh, Dan Merle from Screen Junkies put it best and that this is just a generational event and this is probably something we won't necessarily see again for a long time something of this magnitude that'll probably do it for another episode of Nerds for Normal People uh, Chris, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, check out uh, my podcast with Lee Cruz, uh, The Funk Hazard Situation. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Avengers in this most recent episode that's out, as we did about a million other topics, which we just jumped like crazy from one to another. But uh, yeah, check it out. Funk Hazard Situation on iTunes. All right. David, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, uh, yeah, because I'm totally on so many other podcasts that I, I can't count them all. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe you finally started your Bingles podcast. Not yet, not yet. I'm still waiting. I'll listen to that. Chris, <laughs> I'm hoping you'd be a part of that. I would love to be a part of that. <laughs> and uh, no, I haven't started that yet, but um, I do have a Twitter account at the David Hood, and uh, I am sometimes active. <laughs> Noah, anything you want to plug? No, don't. I have a Twitter. Don't follow me there. Leave. Follow him at Noah Day with two Y's. If you see me on, if you see me on Twitter, just go away. I'm an old man. Twitter now. Get off my Twitter lawn. He had a really fun Game of Thrones tweet. You should totally like. Don't look at it. Um. 
<laughs> oh, I'm looking at it now. What? One second. Uh, you can also follow this show at Nerds4, the number four, normal, on Twitter. You can follow me at Daniel Dunstan. Uh, we'll post stuff more. I'm sure we'll talk more about Endgame and all the people who cried to the extent of hospitalization after the movie. Because that's a real story that Chris sent me that I have trouble believing. <laughs> like, this is a sad movie. I felt a lot of emotions in it. There were people who cried. I don't think anyone should should cry to the point of hospitalization. <laughs> I thought that was you, Daniel. I like I texted you. I texted you to check, and I still haven't heard from Bill. It might have been Bill. I don't know. I was sitting next to Bill. I don't think he. I didn't have to take him to the hospital after, so I think All we're right. fine. Thank you for joining us, and as always, see you, nerds. <laughs>